Good morning, it's 6.08 a.m. Eastern Time. Happy Thursday, February 24th, 2022. This is Seedling Fan Chronicles, the podcast series. I'm Jeb, and here we are. I apologize for any additional background noise. Um, As you know from previous episodes, I have about an hour commute to Knoxville to get into my work area. Uh, It's raining now, so you're going to be hearing that with the phone so close to the windshield on my cell phone holder. Uh, I wish I could control that. I cannot. I am not a a member of Charles Xavier's Special Forces, so that's not an option for me in terms of being a metahuman. Um, But again, I apologize for that. I don't want any extra deterrence or or background noises to to scare listeners off or to scare you away from this episode, so I, I hope you'll stick through it regardless. Let me take a sip of my Liquid Death Artesian Water. Oh, I love this stuff. So I I don't know if I'll be doing these every day going forward. I may, I may not. I'm really and truly, and I'll be transparent with anyone that listens to these episodes. I'd like to try and find a way to promote this. I don't know the most effective way to do that in terms of social media platforms or podcast marketing in general. Um, a sincere thanks to my friend James, uh, jprightly.com, jpwritely.com. If I misspelled that, you can punch me the next time we see each other. Uh, people that need resumes, uh, people that need uh, creative and thoughtful blurbs, a technical writer. Uh, this gentleman's awesome at that. So go check out his web website and commission his services. He's been very helpful and given me some ideas, and I'm going to try to pursue that really uh, heavily starting this weekend, just in an opportunity to to promote this podcast. I don't I don't make any bones about it. I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. Uh, I like Adam Curry quite a bit. Uh, Joe Rogan's an extremely controversial figure in all of the world right now. Uh, I, I think there's. I think there's a part of that that's just really sad to me because conversations about all aspects of racial politics, world politics, military conflicts, cultural divides, communist countries, socialism, religion, atheism, secularism, all of these different things. Those conversations need to be had. We can't all stick our head in the sand and expect life to just go on without us. No good, no bad. There is no common neutrality in all of this. I appreciate the fact that man has people from all walks of life that are on his show, and he has three-hour long-form conversations with them, and it's very insightful. It's, It's very insightful. It's very helpful. Are there a lot of controversial, crazy things said on the show? Yes, absolutely. But if, if people could find a way to thicken up their skin in this world, and I'm, I'm not talking about everything that's going on, because God knows there's some awful things, especially in America, systemically and what have you, that need to be worked on, <coughs> programming in general. Human beings just need to find a way to meet in the middle and be human beings and support each other. But if people could find a way to thicken up their skin and allow some of these conversations to be had, 
and try to find some kind of resolution, some type of compromise, some real program, some real... If the government's going to be involved more and more in all, all aspects of our lives, I, I wish that they could implement something in terms of some of these changes that need to happen. And, and more specifically, whether it's, it's a situation like Chicago, where there's so much violence there, a situation like St. Louis, the, the, same, the same problem, or if it's something like San Francisco and the homeless population, um, immigration, these are all, you know, red button topic issues. These are all hot topic issues. I don't have an answer to these to these problems. I, I don't know how to make neighborhoods safe. I, I don't know how to get the criminal element and break that culture down and, and, and give people the opportunity to have meaningful educational opportunities and, 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 and jobs waiting on them when they get out of school or even some type of trade and artisan craft program in, in high school. But having said all that stuff out loud, that there's got to be other countries that have these programs in place. America is the greatest democratic nation the world has ever seen. We have got to find a way to put our brain power together and fix this country. And that's, this rant is not the topic of this, this episode, but what I was going to say was, I am a huge fan of Joe Rogan. That will be polarizing to some people right off the bat. There will be some people, as, as, this, as this show grows, they will listen to this episode, they'll turn it off, they'll delete it, they'll unsubscribe, they'll never listen again. I can't control that. I've not even scratched the surface of getting into who I am as a person, where I come from, what my background is, and why it is that I think the way that I do. But I will give you more details on that in the future. And if you, if you stick along the ride with me, maybe, just maybe, you might start to see some things from my perspective. But I, but I promise you this, the Joe Rogan model is something that I enjoy, something that I'm going to try to implement. Not that I'm always going to have controversial characters on here because I don't have the, I don't have the independent wealth to be able to do that because it's very easy for me to be canceled. But I have some really amazing coworkers and I have some really amazing friends and, and colleagues in this business that, that I've come into contact with in the last five and a half years in the on-premise realm, specifically in the, the greater Knoxville metro area, bar owners, restaurant owners, bar managers, bartenders, craft cocktail specialists, kitchen professionals, chefs, entrepreneurs, people in the grocery business, people in the convenience store business, liquor store owners, craft beer bar owners, craft beer bar bartenders, delivery drivers, supplier reps, excuse me, which is distributor talk for brewery reps, we call them suppliers. The list goes on and on. And the intention of the show is never going to be able to bring someone on if, if I'm lucky enough to, to find people that want to do interviews to, to try to put them in a got you moment. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. I'm not trying to get myself in trouble. This show is something that's helpful and therapeutic to me, which is what I was telling my wife last night. It's cathartic. It's something that I really and truly want to try to professionalize, streamline, offer some structure, some syntax, some context, 
everything to this. I want there to be bones and a framework and a structure to this and some consistency. I don't want it to be I don't want it to be corporate cookie cutter as it grows. There's there's always going to be an element to this show that's just going to be raw editorializing. And that's what I that's for the bulk of it that's what I want it to be. But it's important to talk to your fellow human beings. In my mind, and of course all of these things are my opinion, in my mind. I want to talk to other human beings and and find out where they came from. What made them who they are. What made them do what it is they are doing for a living. And if they want to get into the, the grit of it, what shaped them? Sadness, good, bad, loss of life, loss of family members, loss of a job. As in my situation, loss of my first marriage. I don't want episodes to be depressing. I just want them to be thoughtful. I like to learn things about culture and other people in other parts of the world. With a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. And a lot of the conversations that I have with other people in my, my walk of life and my line of work. And that's what I want this show to grow into. We're not there yet. I haven't been able to carve out the time to do my first interview, but it's coming sooner rather than later. That's my ramble on that. We'll put a button on that. That'll be a sentence with a period on the end of it. And we'll come back to that at a later date. Or we won't. What I wanted to talk about today... You hear the phrase cognitive dissonance a lot in a lot of these shows, whether it's philosophy shows, political shows, cultural conversational shows like Joe Rogan. I don't know what you would call what I'm about to talk about exactly. I don't know if it's mental and emotional irresponsibility, if it's mental and emotional laziness, if it's mental and emotional neutrality. Maybe it's, maybe it's mental and emotional detachment. That's what we'll title the episode. Detachment. That's, that's probably the most apropos, the most effective word. There are things that have taken place in my life that will always color my personality. Uh, they will always direct my viewpoints on things. And they will always be a part of who I am in every decision that I make and in, in, in every singular thought that I have. Now, now that sounds crazy for there to be experiential moments in a human's life that imprint on you so heavily, but we've all been there. We've all had that. And it, it, unfortunately, a, a lot of those episodes, a lot of those experiences are negative ones. And that's why they, they stay so heavily anchored inside of your brain and your heart and your soul. That, you know, I, I did an episode a few last week about my father and, and tried to give a brief biopic on him. I've not gone into my mother, and and, and it's hard to, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I get into these shows, and I start talking about my life. And even though I've always had a dark sense of humor about these things since I've lost my parents, 
it's such a messed up coping mechanism that my brother and I have, but it's, it's just how we process things. I miss my mom. I miss my dad. My mother passed away in 2011. My father passed away in 2015. All of my grandparents are gone. My aunt, Patrice, who was like a second mother to my brother and myself, she's gone as well. She's passed away. I'm not asking for sympathy, but that gets heavy after a while. I, I wish these family members were here to see my little girl and to meet my wife and to see what I've done with my life and where I am in Tennessee. I, I'm, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I don't know anyone any explanations. I'm not trying to justify anything that I do or anything that I've done. I've been through a world of hurt and a world of brokenness, but we all have. And especially in the last two years. People have been devastated. Businesses have been lost. People have lost their mind. People have lost loved ones with this damn disease and every way that it's that it's reformed and changed our culture and, and just the structure of our life. But, but the loss of the loved ones that my brother and I have experienced, and a lot of it came in a condensed period of probably seven to eight years, it makes you callous. It really and truly almost makes you a sociopath at some point, and I don't have a better way to characterize it. There's a part of my brain, and there's a part of who I am as a person, emotionally and spiritually, that if I'm done with something or if I'm done with someone else, they're gone. I'll just stop talking to you. I won't socialize with you anymore. I might delete or block your number in my phone. I'm out. I don't have any more time emotionally or literally physically in the physical sense to invest in that relationship and I'm out it's it's an emotional and a spiritual detachment and I, I don't like that about myself I've got a great friend of mine that may still live in South Carolina that I really miss shout out Patrick and I'm sorry for the way that things went down with us this young man was going through a very rough time in his life and my brother and I weren't there for him. And I can't speak for my brother, but I can speak for myself. Because I was, I was lazy emotionally. There had been points in time in my life where I've not stayed in touch with people. And it's easy to say it's a two-way street. It, it is. Between two people, whether it's you and your friend, you and your cousin, you and your brother, you and a, a friend from high school that you've always stayed in touch with. Life separates all of us. It puts us in different parts of the United States. It puts us in different parts of the world. But someone's always got to be the person that takes the initiative to try to work on that relationship, staying in touch with people. And so I, I doubt Patrick will ever listen to any of these episodes. I don't know if I'll ever have a chance to, to reconnect with him. I, I, wish, I wish that I could because if he's still in the same part of South Carolina that I think he is, he's only three and a half, four hours away from me. And that's a shame, man. You know, because he lost his father. My brother and I have lost a lot. And you, you realize in that moment how short and precious life is. We're not here for a long time, but we need to work on trying to be here for a good time. And I don't mean party it up. 
I just mean live your best life. As cliche and as overused as that phrase has been, live your best life. But back to my sociopathy. I've had different things that I've been really interested in in the last three, four, five years. Professional wrestling was one where I got back into WWE and then NXT, their developmental league, and then AEW, uh, the the new wrestling league that Tony Khan and the the family that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars created. Uh, I think they're, I, I would assume they're based out of Jacksonville, Florida their corporate headquarters. And when I get into something and I find interest in it, I really and truly find a deep interest, almost fanatical. I start listening to podcasts with Conrad Thompson where he's interviewing Arn Anderson, part of the Four Horsemen, wrestling royalty, um, JR, one of the great broadcasting voices in all of, of sports entertainment. Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett. I listened to these podcasts for uh, probably a year and a half. Hell, I tried to refinance my house with Conrad's company. And I mean, things didn't work out, not because his company's not extremely professional. We, We just went, we ended up going in another direction, my wife and I did, but... My brother and I were talking about trying to save money to get on one of the Chris Jericho cruises where you you literally have an opportunity, excuse me, to go on a cruise for four or five days and talk and interact with all these professional wrestlers and these professional musicians and rock bands that are on the cruise. It sounds like a great experience. I know COVID has, has changed everything in terms of the hospitality department and, and, and just the tourist experience, and we're still dealing with that month by month how that gets operated, but I was really, really into wrestling. I really enjoyed it. I started watching NXT to watch uh, wrestler uh, Killer Cross that I really enjoyed, and and then AEW was something that I really focused on. Chris Jericho and some of the other other personalities on there, especially the ones as they transitioned back over to to AEW from WWE. I'm, I'm rambling down a rabbit hole now. The point is, wrestling is one example of that, something that I, I kind of got fanatical about. Pocket knives is another one. I spent a ridiculous amount of money on pocket knives over a year and a half, two year period of time. I used to go to bladehq.com all the time. Shout out Blade HQ. I used to follow all of these different knife makers on Instagram. And then I think the third one would probably be digital assets and cryptocurrency. Uh, whenever we were in the, whenever we were in the hospital uh, in February of last year, I guess January, February of last year, that would have been 2021. That's when I really started researching Bitcoin and what Bitcoin did. The podcast with Peter McCormick and um, Max is it Max Kaiser? And then I then I got into Ethereum and all of these these different cryptocurrencies and digital assets. You take those three things, they've all disappeared from my life. So we're back to the sociopathy. Some people would just call that a trend or a fad. Uh, maybe it is. But it's just such a, it's such a strange 
emotional reality, uh, emotional phenomenon, to be so heavily invested in something and trying to research and learn about it and just stay interested in it and stay informed. And then just one day, it's gone. It's just gone, man. I haven't watched AEW or WWE in, in six to eight months, if not longer than that. And that's nothing against the product that WWE or AEW puts out. That's nothing against the talent. Those are those are amazing athletes, amazing entertainers. It's just gone. My interest is gone. I have no desire to watch that anymore. And and you can't tie all of this to the to the birth of my daughter because there was a time where I followed some of this even after even after she was born. But between that, between the pocket knives, between the cryptocurrency, there's a great culling in my mind and in my life that has taken place at certain parts. And I don't know if it makes me more sad or if it makes me more terrified. I think that... The situation with my friend in South Carolina is is kind of the, that's the number one bullet point. I don't know if I'll ever have a chance to make that right. That's unfortunate. There's always going to be a part of this show and a part of this experience that's going to be me over explaining every aspect of it. Because that's who I am as a person. That's part of my persona. That's part of my mental approach to so many things. It's not mansplaining. It's not jebsplaining. But when a lot of your communication with all of these accounts on a daily basis is through text message and you're trying to succinctly answer a question and not leave any room for interpretation, you want them to immediately and in a very real sense and absolutely understand what it is you're trying to communicate that's the way that I am. I know that I've said it on a dozen podcasts already. I don't think that I'm special. I don't think that I'm better than any of you out there that are listening to me. I don't think that I'm entitled to anything. I just think that I have a voice and we all have a voice and I'm trying to use this platform to communicate what's in my brain and to put it out into the, the ecosphere, the universe as, as it is. Having said all that, I try very hard to be kind. I try to be encouraging. I try to be authentic and sincere with people. There's an aspect of my business in the sales world that is so fake. It's so insincere. It's so snake oil salesman. But <coughs> I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that, and I, and I hope that I don't come across that.